Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and every week I like to sit down and talk stories with someone involved in film, television, uh, we talk movies, we talk comic books, and this episode's no different, but it is a special. We are going to be talking all about season two of Netflix's Luke Cage uh, series. If you haven't watched it, we're definitely going to spoil a lot of it. Uh, I'm sitting here with Ian Kerner, and I'm sorry about the delay. I was in New York City. And uh, was kind of walking around Luke's stomping grounds. You're up in went, Harlem? I went up to Harlem. And I also came down. Uh, and You know what? Uh, the first or second night there, I look up and I'm standing outside of Josie's bar. Right there in That's Chelsea. pretty cool. And uh, I look up and there it is. It's the bar that doubles as Josie's bar from these Netflix uh, Defender series. Um, so that Did was you cool. you see Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson? Matt didn't see me, I right. think is the question. Um, I did not see them, um, but uh, but it was cool. So, sorry about the delay. We're going to be talking about Marvel's uh, Luke Cage Season 2. And, of course, this coming weekend, because you guys are probably starred for this kind of stuff, and I love having these episodes with Ian, and they do really well for us, Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming up. So Can't wait. In a few days, you will also, probably early, probably Monday, you're going to end up looking up and see that... There's a brand new Geekscape episode all about Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I'm very excited to see. I've heard it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and yeah, that's coming at you. So subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe, and you know how Ian does. He gets in there, and we really get into the weeds and talk about the, the series. So let's not delay. Luke Cage Season 2, we watched it, and it felt like it came out of nowhere. And I looked up, and I was like, it's out. It's out. It, it's out. And... Um, I think Netflix is working at such a flurry now. They have so much content well, that you well, look up. Look, the and Marvel it's shows. Out. There, there's, there's several of them at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're shooting you know, Punisher season two. Yeah, Punisher and Jessica Jones season three is happening. And she, beyond that, she's going to direct. I looked up and Daredevil season three. And I looked up and uh, and Glow came out. And I love Glow. I think Glow yeah, is I'm awesome. Yeah, watch Glow. So. Glow's really great. Um, like so let's talk about Luke Cage. Let's talk about the hero of Harlem. Um, We've had this criticism for a while with uh, with these Netflix uh, Marvel, Marvel shows. shows. The lull in the middle. The lull in the middle, and sometimes they've been fixed by having two villains. A villain kind of or mm-hmm. storyline for the first half of the season and right. one for the second one. This one, for the most part, has two villains, but they're there for the entirety of the season yeah, the, for the, the, the most the, part. This, this kind of broke the criticism a little bit. It broke that criticism for the better or for the worse, we're going to talk about it. Um, just off the bat, I felt like this one felt like a lull. And I had heard that it was a great season. I didn't feel it. Um, and I was not I it was consistent, totally into it. you know, for yes. the most part. Um, I didn't love or hate it. You know, hmm. it was just, it was good. There's things about it I like. But, you know, surprisingly, I came away from going like, I didn't feel like there's a million things I want to discuss. And maybe we might go a little... Uh, short on this one but you know, I don't know it's us so you never know um, <laughs> is it us or is it you <laughs> no. no you watch everything and and obviously now this this uh, this show comes in like a, a even a bigger fabric than the first season we've had the Punisher we've had the Defenders mm-hmm. and Luke finds himself post Defenders and I thought that when the, the show was really good 
um, early on there's references to Matt's quote unquote death or disappearance, right? right? Which I right. thought was great. It comes right out of the That's Defenders, and, and they're dealing with they it. Have, they have. By the way, we're jumping right in. We may be all over the place. We're assuming anyone listening to this has watched the whole thing. Yeah. Now, but plenty of time. So. Yeah. Um, I love the use of Foggy. Foggy was great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's what the what these Netflix shows do really well is connect the tissue. And there's something a little really subtle in this show. And um, Marvel has Cloak and Dagger uh, airing um, on Freeform. Yeah, ABC's and they're connected network. Yeah, because um, it's very heavy Disney. Yeah, yeah. So the the detective on Cloak and Dagger. There's a reference in this show to this the detective who went to New Orleans, and then on Cloak and Dagger, the detective you know references being from Harlem. That's awesome. So, so yeah, so so she actually you know. Goes back a ways with Misty and, and all that. So, uh, you know, it's just those little things, those little, those little connections are, are great. And Cloak and Dagger is worth watching. Cloak and Dagger is surprisingly good. In um, the, the Runaways, I had heard, like, is really good, and then halfway through the season, it spins a little bit. I liked Runaways. Because uh, okay, I want to watch consistent. it. Um, you know, what's cool about Cloak and Dagger is Cloak and Dagger is taking its time. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, the power stuff, you know, they have it in the first episode, but it's a while while they're learning them and all that. But it has a pretty good backstory um, and, you know, just over overarching plot. Um, we're, what, four, five episodes in? Sure. Um, no, I, I like it a lot. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Inhumans was a big misstep for them. I'm a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is sometimes a little uneven, but I, but I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and I wish that there was another at bat for Inhumans. Like I wish that that was a film franchise. Yeah, yeah. Because that deserves a big screen. And if I think that like it got stuck between that battle between Ike Perlmutter leaving Marvel and Kevin Feige right. in the film division, and somehow Inhumans went from the film division to the TV. Uh, and it just kind of got yeah. stomped. Uh, there, there's so many things wrong with Inhumans. Um, I don't know, you know, conceptually how that happened, and this is kind of where I'm going with it, because for the most part, Marvel's development's been, been pretty good. I mean, look, these Netflix shows are sometimes a little bit uneven. You know, Daredevil was so good, you know, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so great. I thought Daredevil season two was so great. Punisher. Um, Punisher Loved was really good. Punisher. You know, um... But there's usually something, and I, I think that these shows suffer a bit from the, the whole, need, need, the whole needing to be binge watched and all that. You know, I, I think affects them somewhat. Um, this one, as I said, I didn't really feel a lull at like episode seven or eight. Like mm-hmm. I usually did. You know, um, I thought there was a little bit more even, even. Uh, I understand that. Yeah, I, I, it felt like to me it was it was existing at like a low boil the entire time. Yeah, and I think I wanted more punctuations in it, and I wanted more well, exciting parts. And I texted you a couple times when I was like, "That part was awesome." Look, I mean, episode three, Misty and Colleen in the bar. Well, let's talk Doors about the dragon. where Luke is at the beginning of this season. Okay. Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I do. Uh, let's do that. We definitely need to discuss the character arc. Yeah. Which I thought was really good and left him in a really that's that was fascinating to me. Where it's they interesting, left him. It's and, and super it ties in very well with everything else that's going on in the show, you know. And you know, Mariah's storyline. Um, once again, you know, they got a little bit um, arch with her, but still, you know, 
I said this in, in, when we reviewed Jessica Jones and, you know, what they did with, with Hogarth, you know, really stood out to me in season two of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, exa- if I want exactly to say you sympathize with Mariah, but you understand her. You definitely understand her, but um, I felt like like a lot of that got those beats got redundant quite okay. a bit, and there was a lot of Mariah in this. Well, but season. And, and that's the other thing is you know what's interesting about this season is ultimately when you look at the end of this season and when you think about what developed because like we we have to talk about Nightshade, you know the the character, not the not the herb. Right. Say. You know, I mean, literally the second they said Nightshade, I was like, okay, so they're doing Nightshade. And then they did, and yet, well, and, and they well, very cleverly tied that in. Well, it will talk to us, because some of us may not be familiar with some of the so, characters so in Ma- it. Like, so Mariah's daughter. There's Nightshade, there's Bushmaster, right. there's a so million Mariah's daughter in the show, and they did, they did the visual cue in the last episode. It was, she looked exactly the way she always did in the comics. Um, was a character, you know, going back to like the early 70s, it was, you know, a Luke Cage, Power Man, you know, bad guy. Um, fought Misty Knight a bunch of times and, um, you know, was a, a doctor, you know, geneticist type, you know, gave other people abilities and that kind of thing. At, at different points, she's had her own abilities. But um, I thought it was a really clever, a good use, a good way to tie that in. Um, I like that a lot. And in particular, I, I kind of like how, you know, the whole thing about the club and everything being tied to the club and Bushmark's wine in the club, and I, I think it was really interesting and clever. And even the whole idea that, you know, say what you will, and, and I sort of feel like there's a little bit of that, that whole Batman thing of, you know, with, with, with the, the villains being obsessed with him thing, mm-hmm. you know, but like what Mariah did with Luke there, you know? Because here's the thing, this is the real world, and here's a guy who doesn't have money, he doesn't care about money, but now he's been handed this club, and... There's a certain amount of power that goes with it, and you know, and it, it's happening. Right? Let's start at the beginning, damn it. Okay, in the beginning, <laughs> the beginning of season two, we find Luke, um, and he's still dealing with some of the revelations from the first season okay. involving his father. Mm-hmm. And I think for the first half of this, the first well, three quarters of it, I, I think he knew. You I know? think he's got this anger. He does towards his father leaving he and his mom, and then also blaming him for his false incarceration that ended up giving him his powers and how his father thought that he was the reason why he was in there rather than believing him in his false arrest and mm-hmm. incarceration. So so he's super angry. And at the end of, season, of episode three, he's dealing with Claire Temple in this romance with Claire and they have this, I thought it was my favorite part of the season, was this conversation they have about anger and feeding it and Luke shows violence, and Claire says, I said I would never live with somebody who did that again, and she leaves him. Mm-hmm. And I expected to see her again later I in the did season. Too. Yeah. You do not get Claire. She dumps Luke, and that's like. That's just it. That's she it. She does not come back. And I thought that was awesome. Well, I'm glad exa- they, exa- well we're led to believe she did, but I think at that point. Um, Rosario Dawson must have been filming um, Jane the Virgin because uh, she wasn't <laughs> right. available or whatever. So right. they didn't so, show her in episode 13. So but. we've got a... Uh, so, so I thought that was like a big move. And then you have the introduction of, of Bushmaster who's mm-hmm. like really uh, Jamaican heavy and he's back and he believes that the Harlem's Paradise, the club that 
Amariah claimed at the end of uh, season one is really rightfully his, and he wants to take his place, and like that is the that's the most powerful place in Harlem because all the crime goes through it, and Bushmaster is not going to stop at anything to claim it, and then Mariah's trying to go clean, so she has to get rid of the criminal portions of her empire the guns mm-hmm. and she ends up selling bushmaster all these guns for money to then flip into a real estate now, now, into a into a stock scheme that they can just quickly turn around into like a home like like a like a positive youth center or right. women's center and it happens very quickly didn't it, didn't it seem odd to you like shouldn't she really understand who he is as she's giving this to him yeah, I feel like Mariah got Because we get all this doped. history afterwards. I think she got duped a bit, and now we have to talk about her relationship with Shades, her, mm-hmm. like, number one guy, and how they have a romantic interest with each other, but it feels always like like Shades is manipulating her. And then you learn, I think Shades is totally gay. <laughs> and he's gay for, like, his lieutenant, who gets out of jail. And, and, and they match up. Comanche. And they have some like almost romantic I, moments where they're where they're talking I, about how it was in jail, and they're t- they're having like these bromances, and they talk about how they grew up together. And I thought that stuff. I totally was into that. I was like, I really hope Shades is gay and totally playing Mariah for because because later in the th- I, later I would in the have season, loved it if they really did embrace uh, homosexual subtext there and say that that was actually there, and they they never right, did. So, right, but I, know, I I texted you and I said my favorite. Part so far is that shades shades bromance with Comanche, which which again like bromance shades, yes I just don't right. I, you know um, but shades is that the shades then approaches Mariah about buying well that what's club. funny is because Mariah makes comments about it totally you know totally and and I was okay with shades working an angle to buy the club out from her mm-hmm. and say hey you don't want a part of this crime now you're free and we're financially strapped you can sell the club you can sell the Basquiat those are the two things you can sell. Let me buy the club from you. You'll be out free. I'll run the crime here in Harlem. Um, I'll make sure that everybody's straight, that the Italians and the Chinese and this and that are all on the level. Mm-hmm. And we'll bring peace to Harlem through force, which is like the big thing. And then Bushmaster's like, thanks for the guns. I'm going to fuck shit up until you give me the damn club. You're going to like, get nothing but noise. And he comes out, and so there's a really a battle between Mariah and Bushmaster that Luke is kind of in the middle of because right. people are dying, and Misty's in the middle of, and Misty's the law, and Luke isn't. So that's kind of the setup for that first half of the season. Um, it's interesting, except that it goes on a very long time. It does. Well, well, let's talk about the fact that you know Bushmaster's abilities a little bit. Um, you know, they, they did. Um, they did some interesting things, both with that and even the history with, you know, Bushmaster's family and um, the Stokes family, um, where they kept, they kept getting these flashbacks of later, you know? And, I mean, I get it. You, you get know, the flashbacks the later, yeah. yeah. They always do it, episode yeah. eight. Episode eight is your flashback episode, or episode eight or nine is like your flashback mm-hmm. episode of these new Netflix shows. Um, I thought that um, we have a few instances now in, the, in this um, the Marvel Netflix stuff of the... You know, a process isn't going to work on just anybody, and certain people are special. Thing, you know, you have that with Jessica, you have that with Luke. Now you have that with Bushmaster, mm-hmm. right? 
So I, I thought that was interesting. I, I didn't know, you know, when, when they said that, and then, he, you know, he's, of course, pushing, oh, we could be like brothers, this whole thing with Luke, you know. I was like, all right, you know, I'm wondering if they're building to something with that. Well, Bushmaster gets his power through, like, his voodoo rituals. Yes, but it's still, it, it's, it's the herb, the chemical, the thing that, that he, and they, they say that he was special, that he right. should have died. Yes. You know, that there was something about him. So I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Same thing about Jessica and her mother, you know? The same thing about Luke. All the, the criminals, everyone else they experimented on died. Luke was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're making a statement that there is something. There's some X factor, you know? Um, it might have been interesting if at some point they turned around and said, hey, you know what? These were latent uh, inhumans, you know, that so that they, they were, you know, it, so they reacted. Soon enough they just yeah. call them mutants. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, maybe yes, maybe no, but, but, <laughs> but, that, but that's the point. Well, right. I mean, you know, you, you, you just made a joke, but it's an interesting thing. Cause that was sort of a thing in the Deadpool movie, you know. In the comics, Deadpool was never a mutant. Right. But in the movie, they just try to push it. They're like, all right, they did all this experimenting to bring out his latent mutancy. Right. You know, to say that that was there. It's kind of is a very similar thing to what I'm saying, you know. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was an interesting connection. It's an intentional connection that, you know, they have this in common. They were both experimented on. They were both, you know, you know they, they shouldn't have lived, but they both were, pe- were beings that did, you know? Yeah, so, so. now you have this war in Harlem Streets. Right. And um, the highlights for me early on were that you have um, that Daughters of Dragon team up in, the, in, in episode three, where Missy Knight... It like has lost her arm and defenders. By the way, it's now really she gets this. Now she finally gives in to Danny Rand, being like, "Hey, I'll make you a new arm." <laughs> she finally gets the arm, but she but Colleen Wing has to train her. Colleen Wing from the from the Iron Fist series has to train her in using it, and they end up in a bar fight. And Colleen Wing is not going to help her fight it. That, that scene is great. That was um, cool. I have to say that I kind of expected more buildup about the arm. Mm. You know, because it, it's kind of a very matter of fact, the Everett's arm, and then you know, she realizes, oh, it's really strong. It's like, you know what I mean? I kind of felt like, like, all right, say something about this. Or like, oh, here's an arm. Like, well, why does, can, can anyone get an arm like this? Right. You know, other than the fact that it's expensive, you know? It was a little nonspecific, you know? When Danny eventually does show up, he's like, oh, I'm not really a part of that. I'm not involved. So it's like, it's very unclear, which I guess we might get some of in, in Iron Fist Season 2. Mm-hmm. You know, and not to jump ahead, I mean, I do want to keep talking about Misty before we get into um, the Iron Fist of it, but, you know, I, I was just a little bit bothered. I, I thought I'd get, we'd see, I mean, again, did we need to break down the action and have a puller into Rand, do all that stuff? Right. I guess not, you know, but it just seemed a little bit, you know, there wasn't m- enough to that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the misdevelopment, let, let's talk about this, you know. The expectation, because going by the comics, is Misty's an ex-cop. You know, she gets to the arm, she becomes a PI. And they didn't go there, they didn't do that. I assume for a couple of reasons. One, well, why do another PI have Jessica Jones? So what does that gain you? But really, that perspective of, you know, with Luke and everything going on, you're going to have the police aspect of it. But it was an interesting idea to me, and, you know, let's discuss this whole thing. You know, you have um, the lieutenant... um, that sort of a mentor relationship with yeah. Misty. Yeah, and he knows that know? there's a mole. He, yeah. He's planted Comanche as a mole, and right. Maya's 
institution, and Shades doesn't know that his bromantic partner right. is, a, is a mole, and that was and cool. I, someone had said, I think I saw this online somewhere, but there's some commentary about... Um, the relationship with him and Mariah, um, I think it's pretty clear that yeah. they like, grew up together. Yeah, they, and they were high know? school sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think of that. that totally. Not, yeah. And they're still so, fairly affectionate towards yeah, each other. Yeah. That yeah, was very clear. Yeah. And she can use him, and that's the scare. That's the fear for, for Misty is that he can be manipulated, mm-hmm. that he's, you know, his softness can be manipulated because they have right. this romantic history. Right. Um, I thought it was, you know, th- th- there's a lot of. A lot of layers to Misty back the police, you know, just the idea that, well, now she's this hero cop who lost her arm. And so she's kind of untouchable, you know, but she's untouchable to the extent of like, a, yes, she's the big hero. She's in the public eye. So she would get fired for her involvement with Luke and everything else. Mm-hmm. But they kind of can't. So that, that's an interesting place to put her. Yeah, Luke is like in crime scenes, walking around in crime scenes or like talking to witnesses like he's talking to Mariah's daughter, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, how are things going? Did you witness anything? Did you see anybody?" And I'm sitting here going, "Man, they would lock his ass." Right. Up. He's he's messing with a police investigation. Um, the choreography of that Misty of that Daughters of the Dragon I fight, love that fight was fantastic. Um, Misty is learning how to use her arm. Colleen is reluctant to help her out, but she gets pulled into the fight because. Hey, some guy with a pull cue goes and attacks her, mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty cool. It was um, it, that was a highlight, um, and then I think that then we meet Piranha, and I don't understand. Entire, Piranha was clearly a character from the comics, mm-hmm. and what was his deal in the comics? Because here he was one of my favorite characters because he's just a bullshitter. He's just this like flashy, rich. Businessman bullshitter who, who hires it, it, Luke. It, it wasn't that he was just a, one of the, a thug. And he know? hires Luke in this to like play as his bouncer and like yeah, it was, and like that was great. And, well, well, the Luke, whole thing that he's Luke's biggest fan. Yeah, he's and Luke's he's biggest bought, he's fan. All these things. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he, he's bought t-shirts that uh, sweatshirts that have bullet riddled. He's yes. actually bought bullets. He's he's found. Yeah, he, you know, and, and I like, mean, it's really fun. And he's and found funny. and he's bought fake ones, yeah. like 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 his his prison jumpsuit. He bought the wrong the one. Way, when, when he's telling Luke, oh, he has to wear something, and I honestly, I thought they were, we were going to get the call back to, to the outfit. Yeah, the tiara know, from prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it was, and I was like, it was oh, the outfit from he, season he, one. Yeah, he's all uptight about wearing a, an old sweatshirt of his that had bullet holes, and I was like, we were walking around half the time with sweatshirts with bullet holes. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the tiara deal? would have been hilarious. But you've got this character, Piranha, and Piranha is the financier for a lot of this stuff, including the stuff that happened with Mariah and the, and the guns. So he can easily point fingers at all of them, and the police want him as a person of interest. Right. And they definitely want him. And, and Bushmaster can't have that, so he sends his men after Bushmaster... And you have this sequence where Luke is trying to protect the guy to keep him alive, so that he doesn't, uh, so that he doesn't uh, talk to the police. Well, Luke's trying to keep him alive to talk to the police, right? But, but Bushmaster's men are everywhere searching for them, so they're hiding out. And there's one scene where Luke leaves him alone to have a reminiscent moment, flash phone call with Misty about like picking him up. Comes back, Piranha's gone. And you cut to like, 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 like Bushmaster's men dragging Piranha 
and the fucking music that is playing when Luke goes chasing after them to rescue Prana is the silliest fucking music, and it's so much fun. And you see Luke basically catching up with these guys who are shooting machine guns at him, and he's smacking them in the heads, he's throwing them up against the wall, he's picking them up and throwing them, he's jumping down stairwells to, like, cut them off. It's a funny J sequence. Yeah. And uh, and the music was huge. And I basically texted uh, I texted you immediately and I said, the music that's playing when Luke saves Prana in episode six, it's hilarious. It's my favorite part. It may be, mm, episode three was good. That music is my favorite music of the season, for sure. I don't think they ever played it again. Yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> It was like. Also, I kind of I love that Bushmaster is just so bloody. You know, yes. all the decapitations. Yeah, you know, are awesome. He decapitates people. He uh, he has no qualms. There's something very voodoo about all, everything yeah. he's doing. I really liked how he orchestrated the whole you know, the, the initial fight thing where Luke beats up his men and he doesn't get engaged him because he's watching it, he's studying it. I liked that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that when, when, you know now we've already seen at that point that he has he has abilities. But right. he doesn't show it right away, you know? So and that was kind of cool. Yeah, we have, um, we then have that showdown on the bridge. Yeah. The bridge that has no bystanders. And Luke and Bushmaster fight, and Bushmaster cheats and blows weird voodoo dust right. into Luke's face. Wasn't that the second that fight? Paralyzes the second them. fight. Because the first time he. he, he Grabs Luke on the street yeah. after the clarify. Oh, he just punks him. Yeah, he just, that he was just at the end of episode three. That's the one. That, that's the one that gets videotaped. He yeah. just punked him. Yeah, but this is a proper fight. Luke has the a proper beat. fight. Luke gets his head in the game. Luke and, has and a beat. Won. Yeah, and then the dude cheats and, and doesn't blind him, but shoots this paralyzing dust at him. Right, and then dumps him into the water, and Luke can totally drown. Yeah, you know totally. he doesn't breathe underwater, and I thought that was a good sequence. At the same, at the same token, or, or along the same time you have Luke figuring stuff out with his father Mm -hmm. and resolving the whole anger issue and his father is someone who allowed and Reggie Cathay was was great he was awesome I think think that was his last role right uh, he definitely had it in the memoriam at the end of the season and he's awesome but uh, I thought that stuff was good Um, again nothing really peaked for me Mm -hmm. and uh, and that stuff was the, the the father thing was good and I think that had it not just come off the tail end of Jessica Jones dealing with her mom, right. now we have Luke Cage doing yeah, it with his and dad. You made the comment about, about everyone has as I was the, like, the, uh, you, you can only be in the Defenders if you have daddy issues. That's right. You know, or you have mommy issues. And, it's, and it, it holds because you it got, you got Matt with his mommy daddy issues yeah. and you definitely have Danny with no parents. Yep. And here we are as superheroes with no parents and we're angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Here we are. And we look up. We know he's there because he gave Misty an arm. And we look up in like seven, episode seven or eight. And it's episode 10. For, episode 10. Uh, for Danny. We got Danny. Now let's, let's say this. Okay. Because I think we were all pretty disappointed in Iron Fist season one. And there were things we liked about it, but, you know, we didn't yeah. love him. And we thought, better in Defenders. Better in Defenders. I thought it was great in this. Yeah, it was fine. The fight choreography still a little, you know, he's not the most convincing, but it's fine, you know. Yeah, guys, this is the this is the Iron Fist you're gonna get. So yeah. you shut up. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> like, it's, but, but it's fine. But but I mean, but you know, yeah. the writing it was good. I mean, I liked it. He was funny, and it was in in seeing the two of them together worked. The two of them together was great. I mean, it, it was full on heroes higher. Like, Could you see a merging of their of these shows? I mean, I would love it because where it was they great. just say there's not going to be an Iron Fist season, there's not going to be a season three of Iron Fist, there's not going to be season three of Luke Cage. 
we're going to figure out how to make a Heroes for Hire season. Again, I would love it. I, I think that I think you have certain issues with that. I mean, first of all, you have different showrunners and different sure. shows that they're, they're one, different people. One shows, gets fired, right? Um, well, right. I know. Um, you know, even crews. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into something like that. Um, but I mean, listen. In its way, it's happened before. I mean, it's not the same thing exactly, but you know, it's sort of like. When you look at Angel season five, which I think most people think of the best season, I mean, it's literally like Spike comes on Angel season five, and you know, Angel season one felt like, all right, we kind of get on like a Batman show. Mm-hmm. Angel season five, it's like Batman and Robin. I mean, and it's just, it's just great, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, it isn't Batman. So you and Robin think that there fight. could be a future season of Luke Cage or Iron Fist in which they do uh, Heroes for Hire? I, I think that at that point, I think what you actually call at that point is it's a different show. Yeah. And it's a later show, and both of the other shows are done, and now the, the show is Heroes for Hire, right? Right. You know? Um, but, you know, listen, you have DW in this. You know, you have a lot of the makings of it. Um, and DW is, like, one of the guys from this comic as well, who, like, yeah. helps run the shop. Yeah, yeah. His politics, I, I couldn't quite get what he was all about, but he's I mean, always up in Luke Cage's yeah. shit. He, here's the thing. So, and obviously we're going to get into this, but... Um, this season clearly set up a very big arc for season three. I mean, this season was very much about a season three, you know? What's interesting is the classic Luke Cage comics, you know, I mean, there, there's, what, 49 issues of Luke Cage Power Man before the merger, you know, of, of the two books. What uh, books? Uh, well, there's Iron Fist did mm-hmm. 15 issues, Luke Cage did 49 issues, and then they merged it and became Power Man and Iron Fist. And that was the only book that they published with those characters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then later, since then, they've had their own books. Sure. You know? Um, There's so many titles out now. Yeah. Were there this many titles in the 80s? There just weren't. You no, had one right. X-Men book, you had one Avengers yeah, book, yeah, you had yeah, one... Yeah, no, the, 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 the flood happened in the 90s. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's so many books now that yeah. I'm just like, oh, come on. I mean, there was a point where there was more, and they did scale it back a little sure. bit. But, um, yeah. I mean, interestingly and oddly enough, like right now, you know, there isn't a Power Man book. And there's one Avengers yeah. book. Yeah. 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 Um, well, anyway, without going off into, into Right. Into We're not talking comics things. yet. Um, so, we're talking about arcs. You know, we started talking about uh, the lieutenant, and uh, you know, we we're not necessarily trying to recap everything, but um, but I love he his dies. exit. I love his exit. Yeah, his exit's great. Um, you know, Comanche Shades has figured it out. Comanche takes him out. You know, trying to you know cover, cover it. it up doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, and Shade, he, and Shade takes his bro out. Yeah, Shades comes upon Comanche and lieutenant. Like and by the way, and like I literally talking, sat there, and, and when, he, when Shade, and he, when Shade and shoots him in the head, I'm literally like, I'm like. Well, that's your mistake right there. Yeah, Shades... That's not going to work. ...finds out that his buddy's a mole. The buddy tries to cover it by shooting the lieutenant. And Shades is like, yeah, but no. And he shoots his best friend, his bromantic partner. Right. Possibly romantic partner. I have to say, I do do love every time Misty does her little reenact the crime scene thing. Yeah, her her ghost whispering thing. Yeah, Yeah. I I love that. Um, yeah, Misty does the Ghost Whispering thing, the power that Vin Diesel had from Fast and Furious 4. <laughs> yeah. Where he can, like, reimagine a crime scene. Um, so... Well, he has extensive um, 
training. Sure. In those movies, right? It's about family. Um, so now we have Shades killing his buddy. Right. In the scene where they killed a police lieutenant. Right. Killed yeah, the lieutenant. That's, that's his mistake right there, but, you know. And, and for me, you know, I mean, Misty has a class with Thor and all that, but I actually really enjoy the, the notion that Misty has this maturing thing that happens over the course of the season where she has to step up and see the bigger picture. And, and may become him. police yeah. lieutenant herself. Right, and, so, and that was the thing, that ultimately the suggestion by the end of the season that she may become, you know, further up, I thought was very interesting for the sake of all of the shows and mm-hmm. maybe the idea of her having a presence throughout the other shows, right. you know? Yeah, um, her being... A, it, it's completely yeah. different than the comics, and yet at the same time, I was like, I think that's actually kind of really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that they kept... She was the rebel cop mm-hmm. for so much of this. Yeah, well, she's the street cop. She's definitely. the street cop, and she's already been compromised by her relationship with her crooked ex-partner, mm-hmm. which was in season one, and right. now it's... Scarf. And, and she's still kind of feeling the effects of that in season two. Plus, she lost her arm, and she had to figure sure. out how to do it again. So she's kind of, like, getting the ropes again, but still wants to do it her way. And this is definitely her art of, like, maturing into... I'm a police officer. The law comes first, which puts her in direct, like... Well, more than the law comes first, it's understanding that, you know, sometimes you have to make a deal. Sometimes, you know, you, you know, in order to get the conviction and get the big fish, you have to let some little fish go. And, you know, it never sits well. But there's order. And, you, and it, it particularly doesn't sit well with the street cops who maybe, you know, they're only dealing with the, the small fish, you know, and... They're frustrated they let them go. gets pulled out, you know, maybe some of them chasing a long time gets away because of that bigger fish, you know, and that, right. that definitely, um, that definitely uh, leaves a bad taste in the mouth. And it was, it was interesting that, that, you know, that Misty has this, this former relationship with the other detective, you know, that, you know, she knew since uh, whatever grade school. Um, there's a reference there, there's a throwaway reference um, to someone else that they used to know who moved to New Orleans. That's awesome. And, and yeah, so what's great is that it turns out on Cloak and Dagger, the detective there was from Harlem. So, you know, there's this connection that, oh, so she goes back with Misty and all that. So it's a, it's a nice, interesting, you know, across networks, but still it's Marvel, it's all connected. You know, just like in Daredevil, you, know, you found out that, you know, he, uh, Matt Murdock, was at the same orphanage as Sky on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So now we've got Misty's arc. But what I was saying was that her new status puts her... Directly in the crosshairs of Luke. In the crosshairs? Or you mean or conflict with? In the what? In conflict with. In conflict with Luke. Not in the crosshairs yet. But it's going to get bad. Because at the end of the... You know, once Mariah is killed, you've got Nightshade, his daughter, so, her daughter. So, and then you've got Luke. And you find out that Nightshade wanted Harlan's Paradise. Wanted the club through right. which all the crime is run. And you find out... Well, it, that she actually gave it to Luke. She gave it to Luke, and she made a statement about how it changes you. Yeah, and then and the greatest how it's going to ruin Luke Cage. And, and listen, and, and, and every cinema fan out there, I mean, they flat out. I was literally sitting there, and as I see, I see the scene, I go like, oh, before before they actually did it, I literally said to myself, I said, oh my god, they're going to do the Godfather. They're fully going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And they fully did it with you know the, the henchman you know pushes her out and the door closes. Yeah, you know yeah. right. I mean, and that, that, was, that was hysterical. It was amazing. Yeah, was Miss, like Missy's me. in there telling... I mean, Luke has taken over this club through which all the crime in Harlem 
is is taken, but he's like, there's a new sheriff in town, I'm going to make sure that there's no violence on the streets, I'm going to make sure that everything's clean. So Luke has kind of become a crime boss by the end of this well, first, you know, it, season. It, it, it's very by, much by the, the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's the, he's he, the they, he's, they don't say it, but it's sort of like he's going to Kingpin, right? Yeah, he's like the... Like he's saying, he, I have to be the criminal to keep it down, I have to be the man. So they've kind of turned him into the Kingpin of Harlem, for sure. Right. And he's I made, he's loved made deals his interaction with the others, but, but he's, he's he's allowing certain cr- crimes to happen. And I love his interaction with the Italian oh, that was crime great. boss, was fantastic. Where she's like, maybe we can get a coffee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, he like she wants him. Uh, it was really funny. Um, but yeah, they they. Asked, By the way, can, can we just talk? So about Misty how- gives him this right this right act about like, hey, you own this club, like I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to be on you about all this. And then, yeah, as you said, Luke Cage has his men escort her out. And you realize, like, Luke can very easily go down a dark path. We've right. seen well, him go down well, a very well, violent path, an well, angry sorry, path. That, that's the point. They, they, now they literally do the shot exactly the way the, God, the first Godfather ends, where Michael puts K, pushes Kay out and with mm-hmm. the door closing as, you know, the men are coming and, you know, they're paying respect. And come and talk to him, you know, and it's the realization. It's, it's Kay's perspective that, oh, God, no, this darkness has taken him. He was always, he wasn't that, but now he's around it, and it's happening. It's happening right before your eyes, mm-hmm. you know? So I mean, that, that's a really interesting setup. Plus, then you have, you know, that, you know, Nightshade is fully become. Right. She's she's super, she's not too happy that her, yeah. mo- that her mother's club did not go to her. What did Bushmaster? How did Bushmaster end up at the end of the season? Because you have Bushmaster almost dead. He gets arrested. He mm-hmm. blow. He blow. He kind of blows himself up a little bit in the back of a van in order to escape right. police custody. The cops don't make it. He's pretty burnt to a crisp. And Nightshade brings him back using her voodoo rituals, and he's close to death. But then comes back. Uh, he and Luke Cage team up to take on some thugs. Mm-hmm. Which was awkward, but he gets away. Mm-hmm. He he leaves Luke holding a grenade and then makes his exit, which is cool. Um, the, the don't worry, Geekscape, if you haven't seen it, the, the grenade explodes, but Luke is fine. Um, I did like, by the way, the idea that since Luke went through the process again, he's even tougher than he was in season one. Right. What's up with? I don't really recall where Bushmaster ended up. He just he's out there somewhere. Yeah, I think he he, he yeah. He, 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 <sighs> We never actually see him die, so he's out there. But uh, he's he really up messed up because they they did say that when he took that last thing, she said, "Don't take all of it." Yeah, that I, I felt like it was there was an expectation that he's not making it. And now Nightshade it seems to be right. the, the one with the biggest. Uh, and she, she killed the mother. Yeah, kept, everyone kept saying like, "Okay, she poisoned Stokes. her own mother." By the way, can, can we talk a little bit about Stokes in prison? Yeah, go for it. I mean, th- did you not love the whole where, you know, they came to kill her and then she's like, oh, wait, I'm making the deal. And I'm literally standing there going like, oh, no, there's no way. But, I mean, cold-blooded. I mean, she just took that woman at, right yeah. out. That was awesome. She kills her. Um, and then she starts running crime from prison. Yeah. And turns Harlem up to 110. Yep. And people are just getting killed left and right until... Like Luke agrees to work with work for her and like helps put an end to this whole thing. Um, she's just making a statement. Mm-hmm. I can totally run my criminal empire from. And prison. by the way, that's the other the other interesting you know moment too is like you know as she's dying and and he kind of lets her. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I mean she's been poisoned by her yeah, daughter. It's it's not clear if she could have been saved or not. But yeah, he just but he doesn't he, go, does he doesn't bang die. on the walls for yeah. somebody to come help her. And this is in the interrogation room. Geeks gave us he you know, he just lets it go. Yeah. He goes, I can't you save you. To die. Yeah, it's like I'm done with you. Um so now what do we got? Um, we got Luke basically the kingpin. Mm-hmm. While the kingpin's in jail, we basically have Luke as the kingpin. But I, I do feel like there's enough set up there. So, so Claire did come back again. He said, no, send her away. So he's not interested. Right. She but, did come to the club at the yeah. end. We, we, we had, there was a whole conversation, though. I mean, the, the Danny stuff with Luke is interesting. It's all about getting to the cheese stuff, about Luke being focused. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, Luke seems to be focused, whether it's good or bad, right? Yeah. Um, I do think that they, they've definitely left room here for, you know, for Danny to come back in and talk to him again. You know, um, obviously the mad of it, well, we we're going to get the next season of Daredevil before, mm-hmm. you know, so I think Matt comes back. Um, they're saying there's no plans for Defenders. I mean, I, I can't see them doing a whole season of Luke Cage season three of Luke being bad, you know, and yet, I mean, wouldn't that be an interesting Defenders, you know, to have it be having to deal with they have them? To take over. They have to take out one of their own. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that um, I think that they'll definitely bring it back around. Well, it's we, an interesting setup. So what we've got in front of us is Daredevil season three, and Punisher season two, which is shooting. And Jessica Jones season three. It's shooting. Yeah, and she's okay. she's actually announced she's going to be directing. Oh, cool. And then you've got so you got those three things. Iron Fist season two. Iron Fist season two. Oh man, it's a lot. And you think Iron Fist season two? They're going to do that tournament. I'd like them to. I, well, here's the thing. So Kamlin's gone. So I, I think, I think they go to you. Know, and I mean, New York City. No, my hope, what I've hoped for, but I don't know if they've gone big enough yet. I think they have to get Kamlin first. I'd love to see the tournament of, of all the cities, mm-hmm. all the different. That's cities. what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, do they open it up that much this soon? You know, do, do they introduce the idea of? of well, why of, not? Of I mean, you've already got Crane Mother. You already have some of those characters yeah. from that storyline. So I don't see what's keeping you on that end. And things have to move. Well, by I the was way, I, again. Okay. I was pretty. I was. I was kind of just going through the motions on well, Luke Cage season two until that ending, where suddenly they did something very yeah, big really with Luke. Well, what, well, one of the problems with the Iron with Iron Fist season one, I, th- I think you agree with me on this, was this idea that he's not fully Iron Fist. Right. You know? He's a lot more Iron Fist in Luke Cage season two. I agree. But still, when you think about what you saw of Orson Randall in, in, the, in the old footage with two Iron Fists going and just being like full on, like yeah. so beyond yeah, anything we're seeing he's got everything. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the thing is I, I think it would make sense to do the tournament to right. have that be, you know, his baptism by fire, right? Yeah. Sort of his gauntlet. We didn't see his baptism, which is funny that he fought a dragon and he brings yeah. it up here. But that whole, ch- I love that whole episode. Yeah. The DW stuff with Danny is great. All of it. Episode 10, I loved it. So where do we go here, from here, Ian? Besides this weekend when you and I talk Ant-Man versus the Wasp. Um, I mean, that's the thing. You know, again, it, 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 it was a solid season, but, um, you know, uh, I think I feel like a lot of this season was about setup. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, I feel I feel like over, later we'll look back on this season as a transitional season. Agreed. You know, I'm really curious to see where they're going with it. You know, with putting Luke in this position. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, sorry, so. I'm yawning, which sadly I did a few times during this season. Hmm. Um, 
want to see a little bit more action. Mm-hmm. Want to see uh, a little bit more ups and downs with Luke. Want to see the you know the villains were were really the instigators this time around, mm-hmm. and I want to see things go back to uh, to the superhero. Well, by the way, you know, I mean, they they, they hinted at a couple of times, and you know, you mentioned the thing with Piranha about hiring him, you know, and and Stokes hiring him. Um, they're still just teasing the hero for hire thing. Totally. You know, um, so the twist of, of giving him the club, having him not need the money from anywhere else, that's an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that, you know, they have to find a way to get past that because they need to get it to the place of, of him needing the money. Right. Right. I mean, ultimately, the interesting thing about the dynamic in the comics is always that, like, well, Danny never needed the money. He just did it because he just did it, you right. know? Which sort of was one of those things that never really made a lot of sense for me, you know? It made sense for Luke, but then Danny's with him, and they're doing it, and they take cases like, he doesn't need any money. <laughs> He's a social justice warrior. Right. Literally a warrior. Okay. Ian, we've talked about Luke Cage season two. Yeah. As always, Geekscapists, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But that Facebook group, when we post this episode, is where you're going to leave those comments. Do you agree with Ian? Do you not agree with Ian? He is Ian L. Kerner on Twitter. You can throw your opinions at him there, whether or not you agree with him or not. Uh, and obviously, you can find me at Jonathan London on Twitter, and whether or not you agree with me that um, I am hoping for a little more punch next time around on this one. Um, it felt like Patty cake? Well we got rid of Some of the stuff That had happened In season one We got through Some of that stuff Some of those Storylines have been Wrapped up Now it's time to go in To like you said uh, The next phase um, We got Nightshade We got some Villains matching up um, But I'm excited For Matt Murdock And I would love to see If they do um, Typhoid Mary yeah, that'd be great. On Matt. And I'd like them I'd like to see him do Moon Knight. Moon Knight seems to be the one that makes sense to me next. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say to the Geekscapers? No. So I think I think we covered uh, Ian might go to Comic Con, so you may be able to, you may be able to talk to him then. Maybe. Maybe. That is of all the exclusives at Comic Con, Ian Kerner is the most exclusive. It's only one of these guys. Um, dude, thank you for being here. Sure. Thanks for doing the show. Um, That's it. Luke Cage Season 2. Over and out.